Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Feeling a little overwhelmed at the task at hand. Yeah, Jess and I have been trying to organize how we are actually going to discuss the three part reunion and... For like days, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's so much here. And with, when we were in the process of trying to organize it, we were just talking about so many amazing points already. I was like, we should just be recording right now. Why don't we just like talk about it? Yeah. So we're going to try something new. Uh, normally, Mandy and I come up with an outline. We've been really good at sticking to that. It's made a lot of sense. We're going to just wing it and a free flow yeah see see how this goes so this might be a little more chaotic than our normal episodes um i'll try to keep that in mind as we go so if we need to give caveats at any point uh we'll do that but you know uh good luck if you can hang we're impressed uh (laughs) this will probably actually be what it would be like to be sitting in the hot tub with jess and i when we are just discussing our favorite shows yeah (laughs) We can go and we go hard. <laughs> Which is why we started a podcast. Hell yeah. Um, before we do our candy review, I just want to say hi to my friends, Appy and Sarah, who are fans of the podcast, even to the point where uh, Appy started watching The Bachelor so that he could listen to the podcast and they now do Bachelor watch parties. That's such a good friend. I know. That's kind of amazing. Also, maybe I would like an invite to said Bachelor watch party. <laughs> we should have Bachelor watch parties. I don't know. Actually, we can't. I have to take notes. It's it's a little less fun to watch when you have to know Focus. that you've got to regurgitate <laughs> stuff later. But Anyway, thanks for for listening and supporting our show. That's so fun. Yes, thank you. And uh, candy review for today. Today we are reviewing Sour Mambas. I was so surprised by these. Uh, I asked Jess if she thought they were too sour. What did you think? No. And they were interesting because they start sweet. You get to the sour and it's not a particularly artificial sour. I think it tasted like the orange, strawberry, and raspberry that it promised me. It's sour for a little bit and it finishes really sweet. Uh, And again, it's got a texture, which I am a huge fan of. So I think that was a major win. I really like them. I also think it's nice that the sour element kind of prevents me from eating the entire package all at once. Uh, But great mamba texture. And again, with mambas, you always have that kind of like Russian roulette of which three flavors you're going to get. So the flavor we did not get was lemon. Um, which, I mean, I would take lemon over orange, but I'm really, really? glad we got strawberry and raspberry. Yeah. I would take orange any day over lemon, especially because I bet you that lemon sour is probably sour. <laughs> yeah, orange is always my least artificial candy flavor. That is true for me too, except in this instance, oh, I feel wow. like. between <laughs> if, if I have to choose between orange and lemon, orange. You're right though. Orange Starburst, meh. Yeah. Orange Skittle, eh. Yeah, I'm... I'm always Airhead lemon gross. over orange, but you, there isn't a lemon airhead. 
Okay, sorry, really quick tangent. My favorite Airhead flavor is grape. And the only place you used to be able to get them was in like the little multi-pack that came with five Airheads. Mm -hmm. They have recently removed the grape one and replaced it with strawberry, I think. This is stupid. It's like Skittles taking out lime and putting in green apple. Don't do that. Don't fuck with people's emotions. Yeah, don't. (laughs) Candy doesn't need to be changed. Leave it alone. (laughs) Create a new like temporary multi-pack with different flavors. Yeah. No, I hate that too. Anyway. That bums me out. Sour Mambas, big fan. Yeah, super win. Uh, Definitely recommend. Okay. So I think one of the things I wanted to start this episode off with because a theme throughout all three episodes of the reunion has been accountability. And accountability. I think accountability. Or the lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of this show is a really interesting topic. I think where we are politically, our, our climate, it's also really good to talk about accountability and what that is. Uh, so let's get into what we think accountability is. Do okay. you want to start? Do you want me to start? I think you can start. Cool. To me, accountability is recognizing that you have made a mistake and coming forward, listening to the people that have been harmed. Well, acknowledging the mistake. Yeah. Listening to them, taking it in, acknowledging the mistake that was made. And acknowledging the consequences that have happened as a result of that, accepting the consequences that have happened as a result of that. I think accountability is also recognizing the fact that if you have caused harm, people's response to that harm may be incredibly harsh and may feel really unfair. But I think a part of that is to just sit and Honestly, take it, you know, recognize that there's there's a process that has to happen. And the last step to me is once you've taken in all of this information, you've listened, you've acknowledged your part in things, you've acknowledged the consequences that other people have suffered as a result of your actions, is to sit with that. And then only at that point, I feel like, can you give a genuine, true apology? You can't just say, oh, well, yeah, I know I did it. Sorry. It doesn't matter if those people harmed aren't feeling like they're being heard, understood, validated in all of the feelings that they're feeling. They really need that opportunity. And But then beyond that, once you've apologized, it isn't just saying you're sorry. And it's definitely not saying you're sorry for making someone feel a certain way. (laughs) It's being actually sorry for what you did and then doing the work to not do that ever again. Yeah, and to show that your behavior's changed. If your behavior doesn't change, kind of like the Chris Harrison apology, right? Yes, he was apologizing for the sake of apologizing because he stepped in shit, Um, but he wasn't actually sorry for what he did, and that was very evident. Yeah, and you never should use the line "I'm sorry" if people were offended, hurt, blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm sorry you felt this way. You are sorry for the actual harm caused. (laughs) And you need to name that harm too. I don't think you can just say the people you hurt, you know, the trust issues that you've caused, the the pain regarding racist incident incidents. Like I think you really need to expand on that. You need to be clear on what you are sorry for. So it is clear to people you do in fact understand what you have done and the depths of the you know, what, what has happened. Yeah. I think, uh, I totally agree with your 
summary of accountability. And I think I do want to say that Raquel showed more accountability than Tom Sandoval tenfold. Oh, absolutely. I'm not okay. I realized that maybe I made people bristle in saying that. I still have a lot of issues with Raquel and things that were said and done during the reunion, so I'm not excusing her behavior. But just like on paper, factual, she uh, took more accountability and apologized more for her actions than Tom Sandoval did throughout the reunion. Absolutely. I think that that was really evident. She came out there. She she really just took it. She didn't argue for the most part, I think she had a couple moments, but she just, and she let Ariana express her anger when Ariana's like, selfish does not even begin to cover it. She was like, you're right. Selfish is not the only word that I should be using here. And I feel like she really, she tried, you know, and there's, there's something to be said for that. It doesn't, again, no excusing the behavior, but like, if there is a path forward, it looks more like that than uh, whatever our Good friends, Sandoval. <laughs> Sandoval's over there doing. Oh, um, and I honestly went into the reunion reunion expecting Tom Sandoval to do exactly what he did. So no surprise there. Yeah, and you know, I think that that is a step in accountability that Tom is also lacking. He has never shown an ability to take in new information, to change, to grow. He's continuing to be the Tom we expect him to be. And so how can... How can an apology or any sort of um, mea culpa have any gravitas if he's never going to change the way that he is? I actually feel like as he ages, he's like doubling down and becoming an even more, would you say, extra version of the Tom Sandoval that we have been seeing for the oh past my 10 years. I kind of love this for two things. Because one, that stupid band name of his. Most extras, yeah. But then also he had that themed party where everybody no. had to show up as the most extra version of themselves. Like I will say, uh, before Tom was like the worst person in the world, I actually think a party with that theme would be really fun. But now I can't do it because Tom ruined it. No, let's take it back. <laughs> I think you should do a party with that theme. I just would love to see people's interpretation of that idea. For sure. That's it's really interesting. It and it's too bad that Tom. Yeah, now it's now it's ruined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tom, I guess throughout this entire reunion, this is probably good a place as any, has been so bizarre in the way that he's responded to everything. He's mostly just angry at everybody so else. So defensive. He deflects constantly, which, to be fair, is absolutely a Tom move. Watching all of these seasons back, all Tom ever does, anytime somebody legitimately points fingers at him, is to say, and it's largely women, that they are not entitled to point fingers at him because they are not perfect. So nothing Tom does is wrong unless the perfect woman comes along who has no faults. Only then can somebody be critical of Tom? It is so hilarious that Tom has literally been writing people like Lala and Katie about taking accountability in their life. And look at what we have here. Yeah. And, you know, one of the major things that you and I have discussed about this show is everybody's so imperfect, right? They're all flawed. They're all fucked. They're all terrible people to an extent. So, yeah, but then also I do think you've got Katie and Lala who have made a lot of strides and are showing growth as well. And actually, I do think that they both have taken accountability for a lot. Absolutely. 
you know, Lala has sat down and had so many hard conversations with people recognizing that when she was drinking a lot, sleeping with, you know, people's respective others, doing all of these things, she knows that that was deplorable. And I think having a baby really changed her. I think the scandal with uh, Randall has really changed her. And she knows she's got a lot of atoning to do. She's never upset when somebody's like, yeah, you pulled shit. She just doesn't appreciate when she's not able to call out other people's behavior. Yeah. <laughs> without everybody dredging up her shit. Like nobody's perfect. So nobody, like everybody just really needs to take accountability, Tom. <laughs> so speaking of Tom taking accountability, uh, before we started recording, I was telling Jess, you know, what, in what way could we have perhaps you know, viewed Sandoval differently on the other side of all of this. And I told Jess, like, the timeline is already so fucked. Like, he's already, I don't know what he thought was going to happen. He's not even in line with his own story. So, for example, um, Tom Schwartz went on what Watch What Happens Live before the finale or the reunion. And this was a really messy episode. In fact, if you go b- back and watch the um, episodes of Watch What Happens Live when the Vanderpump cast is on this season, you get a lot of really juicy information. So if you finished everything and you're sad it's over and you haven't done that, I would encourage you to go back and watch that. But Are you on- just talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> no, anybody. Honestly, like sure. I, I didn't really watch Watch What Happens Live before this, but oh, yeah. it was so important with what was happening with the scandal that it was, I don't know, I, now I am a fan. But um, Tom Schwartz was so messy. He was so messy. I'm sure he was so nervous because he knew he was going to have his feet to the fire. And he let it slip that he found out about the, um, I'm air quote fingers, one night stand in August. And so when Tom Sandoval was surprised that Schwartz reiterated that was really shocking like because that's not even the first time that. he heard it. I think, I don't know if we talked about this. Um, I did have to listen to some of Nick Vial's podcasts because I need all of the Vanderpump. He had content. a lot of coverage. He did. And but one of the things that I thought was so interesting was he made the point that he thinks Sandoval is surviving all of this, probably largely by staying off social media, maybe not watching things. Oh, interesting. And so I think you're right. I think that's stupid on Tom Sandoval's part. If you're gonna do this, like do it well. Like, don't be the idiot that you're being. But I do think part of it is he might not have actually known that that had happened. And that is totally to his discredit. Like, what an idiot. But shouldn't his, like, PR team or something be, like, clued in and being like, hey, guy, just so you know, like, you need to know what's being said by your friends who supposedly was told by you. (laughs) Yeah. Why is your manager not, like, giving you daily printouts of every shitty thing being said that you need to make sure that you have an answer for? But instead, he just... Like disaster control? <laughs> disaster control, absolutely. But I think also it's wild to me. I think he is so arrogant that he really doesn't think and he, or didn't think that this was going to be as big of a deal as it is. I think he really, truly believed he could just write it out and it would be no different than any other cheating scandal that came forward. I do also think he impressed upon this to Raquel and she was also mistakenly thinking that this was just going to be another old end of the season cheating scandal. Like they'd get some heat and then everything would go back to the way it was before. Right, which is why she's in here saying in some of these one-on-ones with Andy, oh yeah, I, I think there's a path for it. I'm, I'm hoping for the best. What? 
that's delusional. And well, she yet- also thought she could be in a throuple with Tom and Ariana. So uh, yeah, that is next level. That's a whole nother episode about consent and you know open relationships, polyamory. Let, like, let's talk. <laughs> I don't know. So Tom is your is a mess, and the lies just keep coming. Like yeah. he and Raquel can't even as they're like trying to to say that they're being honest. They clearly lied throughout the reunion. Raquel lied at the last five minutes. Tom is dying on the hill for the fact that it only happened once in August. He says it only happened one time. I mean, after they fell in love in January. But before they fell in love in January, it only happened one time. And even um, James like leans over to Lala and he's like, why does he keep saying that? That's not true. It's a weird game of semantics, especially when we find out that they were fucking nonstop like in rabbits. Mexico in August. So like what? You had sex, took a week off and started having sex again and because you had the willpower to like stay away from each other for a week or two? Like what? Yeah, Tom was like, we weren't doing it then. Like, oh, because you weren't fucking her that exact minute does not mean that you weren't involved in having an affair. Yeah, somebody needs to provide Tom a dictionary. One of the things I've noticed, again, as I've watched all of this back to back, um, Tom is not good at articulating things. No. And Ariana, at every step of the way, is like a Tom translator. And he desperately needed that. And now that Ariana is not on his side, everybody is just eviscerating him. Like he has no ability to say anything intelligent without Ariana to help him say it. I'm nodding my head so hard right now. It you can't see me, but that's so, so true. It's so <laughs> funny how stupid he actually is. And like, I I mean, I shouldn't say that. That's not fair. I understand that it can be sometimes really difficult to articulate things. But Tom is a 40-year-old man, 42. I don't know. He should definitely have some idea of how to talk about his feelings. And the fact that he doesn't know how to communicate basic concepts, things he's thinking about really speaks to his emotional maturity. And like, this is somebody who doesn't need to be in a relationship, but should just be in therapy. Well, and probably something he didn't even know that he relied on Ariana for. Yes, that he has gotten by on mediocrity and having some level of fame. Like he, without these women propping him up, Lisa, Ariana, um, Sheena, I don't think Tom Sandoval would be anybody because on his own, he is just not remarkable at all. He's very, very basic. And I think that maybe that's part of the reason why he feels the need to be extra, like be dressing up in costumes, be in a cover band, be, you know, opening up another bar that he doesn't have a budget to do that. Like, I feel like he's always trying to build himself up, probably from a place of insecurity or lack of self-esteem. So he's compensating. Yeah. I mean- that's such a good point. Yeah, I wonder if that doesn't have something to do with it. Because his behavior is just really bizarre. Well, and I don't know where I heard this. Um, you know, I don't know if he has been diagnosed as a narcissist, but I, I don't throw that word around loosely. But narcissism is rooted in, like, fucking insecurity. Yeah, and believing that you are, in fact, all these things and needing to project that at the expense of everybody else. Absolutely. It's not that, like, narcissists aren't just sitting there thinking they're the shit. It's just, like, they're so self-involved with everything they have going on. They, they, like, don't have the capacity to even consider someone else's feelings. Yeah, and that is so 
clear in this instance and every instance prior. Um, this still makes me laugh, small tangent. In season eight, Tom Tom is going to host uh, a book signing for Stassi. And she talks to Lisa. She talks to Tom Schwartz. She's got it all situated. And Tom Sandoval is mad that she also didn't talk to him about it. So the night before, he like rage texts her and tells her that they're not going to do it. He's going to kick her out of the bar, all this stuff. He then has the nerve. Nobody should go toe-to-toe with Stassi, but especially Tom Sandoval. He like shows up at Tom Tom during her book event and she lays into him and it is epic and he cannot drop it. He brings this situation up for the rest of time that that is the most traumatic thing that ever happened to him with somebody yelling at him. That's his most traumatic moment. I like, what? So you were embarrassed and- Well, you, he should be embarrassed. He should, but it's on him. And I think the fact that he's yeah, embarrassed- Yeah, but he's projecting speaks, the issue to be on Stassi. Stassi. Yes. <laughs> and I think the fact that like that just speaks so highly of who he is as a person, that that embarrassment, like- Grow up. Yeah. Take accountability. <laughs> accountability. He's wild, man. This is- So it's just interesting to see all of his behaviors really embodied, I think, in these three episodes so clearly, whereas they've maybe been a little bit more spread out and he's been able to hide it a little better. Now that he's not in the driver's seat, we're seeing it so much more clearly all at once. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Um, I kind of want to pivot to bring, since we referenced Tom Tom, I'd love to bring in the Tom Schwartz of it all. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I think especially in this season, it's been pretty evident that Tom Schwartz gets away with too much. I think in what was supposed to be the finale where they are having a um, an after party at Sir. Yeah, for the... Um, something about, about her, her like shop. soft launch sandwich shop. And while Katie and Katie's mother are arguing with Raquel about Tom Schwartz, he is literally hiding in a plant with his hands in his mouth. And <laughs> yeah, I just, I feel like that moment summed up this entire season with Tom Schwartz. Like, he has no spine. He can't take accountability for anything. He, and so I just feel like his loyalty to Tom has dragged him to hell because he would rather be attached to Tom Sandoval and be somebody because I think he knows he would be nobody without Sandoval. And so it is worth it to him to sacrifice his relationship with all of the people he cares about for the sake of helping Tom Sandoval maintain this fucking story. It's so true. I, I've been thinking a lot about Tom Schwartz making out with Raquel, too. Like, this is a guy who, you know, Tom and Katie had set that boundary. I guess Katie set that boundary. But he agreed to it. He did. He absolutely agreed to it. It is on him. And one of the things that comes up in this reunion is Tom throwing it in Katie's face. Like, well, if you had had feelings for somebody in the friend group, it probably would have been okay. But Tom didn't actually have feelings for Raquel. No. He just wanted to get back at Katie and saw an opportunity, made out with Raquel. And all the while, Katie is sitting, if you've been to resorts in Mexico, there's like the pool, but then there are restaurants kind of near there. Katie is there with friends having dinner and everybody's cheering about Tom Schwartz making out with Raquel. He walks over to Katie's dinner, which he is not a part of, eats some of her sushi, asks Katie to trim his armpit hair, 
after kissing Raquel and all of this and then has the audacity to like blame Katie for being, I don't know, you know, too strict on her, her boundaries. But like, he just is somebody who doesn't, he's only in it for himself and just cannot imagine looking inward and reflecting on what he needs to do differently. And when you've got a friend like Sandoval who also does that, I think they're just this perfect little match. Well, and I'm sure they're each other's sounding board of like, oh. yeah, fuck her, dude. Yeah, they both have, they are so misogynistic. They really don't like women. It's, I don't, I don't know any other way to say it. I don't think that that is true of all men. I think that is true of these two men. I do. I am confused though, because I, okay, one, I totally agree. He only kissed Raquel to make a point to Katie, um, which I think is like really messy and fucked up. But because I do think, like you said, if he actually had feelings for her, that if he had a conversation with Katie and was like, look, yeah, you know, I know you set this boundary, but I, you know, I feel this chemistry with Raquel. I don't want to disrespect you, but I am planning on asking her on a date. You know, I do feel like there's like a way of having that conversation and acknowledging that even though a boundary is set, you want to move forward with this thing. First of all, that wasn't the case. It was no. very obvious there was no chemistry between them. Ew. Uh, and so, so all of that aside, I'm still confused at how <laughs> he would make out with Raquel already knowing that there was something going on between Tom Sandoval and Raquel. What he, did James say? Incesty and dirty and weird. <laughs> right. And that's another area the timeline really breaks down is Schwartz said he found out in August. But listen. Supposedly after the wedding, but I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true either because if the one night stand, and here's where it breaks down, I am certain that Tom Schwartz or Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz is telling this that the moment that that happened sometime in August, which is before Mexico, because they claim Mexico was the second time they slept together, Tom confided in Tom that something had happened. Tom knew. Tom knew. Tom knew. Tom and knew. so it's so wild to me. He, so like, I think it just really adds to the theory that Tom was just making out with Raquel as an opportunity to get back at Katie because he knew it was really getting under Katie's skin. Yeah, and he was also doing Tom Sandoval and Raquel a favor. By being a beard or a, hey, look over there instead of over here kind of thing. And maybe there was no conversation about that, but I do think, like, it was helping their situation and so nobody was saying no. Exactly. These Yeah, these guys aren't. <laughs> they're not exactly masterminds. Yeah, like we're not going to give them enough credit that they like sat down and were like, hey guys, this could be a cool play. But I do, <laughs> I do think like because Sheena like brought it up in the podcast and it kind of became a thing in the storyline, they were just like, ride that wave, baby. Absolutely. They, ride that wave. They rolled with that. I and think if, if we get a piss off Katie, that's a plus. I know because Tom, <laughs> Tom, neither Tom likes Katie. I don't get it. Tom Sandoval really does not like Katie. So yeah, like he hasn't liked her for a long entire time. show. Yeah. So he's not gonna feel bad for Katie or worry about her her feelings in any of this. I do think that was a shitty move on Sheena's part. Oh, I, I just feel like as someone who's married, like you should come from even if you aren't a big fan of Katie, you should have enough respect for a, two of your friends being in a twelve year relationship to not fuck around with that. Sheena uh, is somebody 
I she claims that this time is different, and that is a discussion that comes up in the reunion. I can't remember exactly which if it's one, two, or three. It was but one, I think. One where she does acknowledge that she has learned her lesson, that this was a big enough transgression on the part of Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval for her to recognize her loyalties need to maybe be not so blind. Um, And I think that's a good thing. But again, Sheena's not really showing throughout all of this that she has any ability to be different. She's kind of continued to be the same. So we'll see if this was enough for her to change her tune. But this is what Sheena does. Yeah. She's she's definitely a guy's girl when the opportunity comes up. I think she likes her girlfriends a lot, but I think she will never like not jump up and jump on an opportunity to be on the up and up with the dudes. Sheena means well, but her allegiance is always on the wrong side for some reason. <laughs> yeah, Sheena could be a good friend if Sheena like had an ounce of ability to critically think about situations. Oh, that, yeah, I think you said it well. Truly, like just think for a second, Sheena. Just like lay out the facts. What do we know? But she doesn't. She just, I don't know. She's, Sheena's, I'm with you. Sheena's always really like, get where Sheena's coming from, but also I just can't with her. She, yeah. Yeah, she's hard to hate, but she's also hard to like. I don't know. I'm always like <laughs> middle of the road on Sheena. Like, well, she's probably going to fuck it up and then she's going to be like cute and be like, I mean to. And then, well, you know, here we are. Yeah. At some point, like you do have to start, like you are old enough to know better. You should start thinking a little differently about things. And how many passes does a person get before you're just Sorry, that was kind of it. And I feel like if Katie does choose to move forward with a friendship, that is very gracious on Katie's part. (laughs) I will say, to Sheena's credit, the only time I think I really sided with Sheena in the entire season was I felt a little bit for her with the like wedding stuff when Lala wasn't showing up. And it's like, dude, it's Sheena's fucking wedding. You got to show up. Like, I think that there was like some betrayal because Lala wasn't bridesmaid and other people were. And then she felt like Lala was there more for Katie. And like, you know, there's a lot there. But I mean, I, I, if, if it was my wedding and one of my closest friends didn't show up to all of my wedding events, granted, there was a lot of events. Um, I do think it would hurt me. So I'm going to just say like that was one part when I went, when I was like, OK, Sheena, I would I would be hurt if I was Sheena as well. I totally see it from that perspective. I have been the victim of too many wedding events for people. I guess in fairness, those people I did not like. So I don't know. I respect that. I kind of feel it. But I think to more your point, it is right that, you know, Lala and Sheena have really developed a close friendship. And And Lala Lala probably should have been I think it's a hard balance, though, because, like, I do respect the fact that Lala is trying to have a relationship with Katie because I feel like that's a line that Ariana has towed. It is a little weird, though, that Katie showed up to Mexico. Yeah, that was like a that was like a <laughs> fuck you move on Katie's part, which I mean, like I respect that too. Like I'm I'm just giving every player like I understand you here, I understand you here. Yeah, because you, you paid know. for your trip to go to Mexico. You, yeah. I would want to go to Mexico. And also, Sheena's the one that's like trying to get metal in your relationship, and you don't want her to tell you what to do. Like I understand all the parts. Word. I'm just saying, yeah. I understand why Sheena was a little upset with Lala for not showing that's up. Totally for fair. Her wedding. I think one thing too to point out is it is kind of a bummer that Sheena's you brought this up and things like it's a little unfair that Sheena's wedding got so glossed over by the fact that everything else that's happened 
It was a beautiful wedding. Yeah. She seems really into Brock. Summer's adorable. Oh my gosh, the cutest baby. It's true. And I don't know. I'm happy for her. Brock does seem really into her. I I, I hope that this is good for her. Me too. I want Sheena to be happy. I thought her wedding was beautiful. It was also a great catalyst for drama. And for Tom Sandoval and Raquel to have lots of sex. Yeah. Ugh, what a, I still can't get over that. That is ballsy to be having sex when you are all on vacation with all of your closest friends. Well, I miss this, but supposedly in the episodes in Mexico, there's a scene where Tom Sandoval like grabs Raquel's ass or slaps it. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, that's come up a couple times. I don't remember watching it, but people have pointed it out. Is this like the Paul ass slap though? I mean, is this a... Is this a no. real ass slap or is this a... I think it was more intentional. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm going to have to go back and also, watch. Also, Nick Vile really went in on Paul with that ass slap, by the way. He thinks it was totally, like, not an accident. <laughs> I disagree, Nick. I disagree. <laughs> I don't know. After he said it, I was like, I don't know. Maybe there's some... Tr- I don't know. Anyways, we digress. But... um, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so Sheena's wedding getting glossed over, I think, as a real bummer for this reunion. Um, well, there's a lot glossed over because the Scandaval is just kind of the trump card. For sure. I do think talking about Tom Schwartz and Katie's divorce would have been. Yeah, that that was extremely minimized. That was. I hated that Tom, in a way, got the last word saying that Katie sprung the divorce on him at the worst time of his life. Hey, can we just actually use that as a parallel really quick to all the reasons why Tom Sandoval like supposedly didn't tell Ariana was, oh, you know, like her dog died and then her grandma died. And it's like, I didn't want to tell her because I didn't want to upset her. It's like the same goddamn thing. But Katie fucking did it. Because and like, I'm sorry, if Ariana was being a bad partner and not meeting Tom's needs, is it unfortunate? Yeah, but Ariana had hypothetically then many opportunities to step up to do things differently. Tom can't help it if everything comes to a head when things are going to shit. Similarly, Tom Schwartz has known that Katie has been so unhappy for the longest time. Like since, I swear to God, the day after they got married, like it has been nothing but Katie feeling neglected because he's so invested in his relationship yeah, with Tom. he prioritizes her. So it's really too bad, Tom, that for years you were a dirtbag and then are bummed when Katie can't take it anymore. Also because adding all the financial issues that they've probably got, Tom's total investment into Schwartz and Sandy's, and then also all the stuff with his family. Like, that's too much for Katie to deal with if Tom is also not doing anything for her in this relationship. So, yeah, sorry, Tom, that your life is bad, but you've had lots of opportunities to do things differently, and you never did. Yeah, and I just think, you know, hell yeah, Katie, for doing the right thing for her, despite where her partner was at. And I think, A big theme in the reunion was Ariana saying it doesn't matter what was going on in the relationship because either you go to couples counseling and fix it or you break up. Yep. And on the one hand, like, yeah, Ariana was really struggling. And I think we saw that throughout the entire season and in her ITMs. Like, she was in a really low point. And she has been, too, for a couple years. Yeah. But that's, like, not an excuse. You are not protecting her or your relationship by not ending things with her before you have an affair with another woman. Yeah, I think about that too. From a personal standpoint, you know, the last three years have probably been the hardest three years of my life. Like I have really had so many ups and downs 
I have been in bed all day. I have had a hard time doing the stuff around the house, not stocking the batteries and the toilet paper. Uh oh. I know. Huh. You know, and so it's also in a way really sad and triggering to see Tom refuse to acknowledge like what Ariana is going through in her mental health and using that as a, as a weapon to justify cheating on her and doing all of this when man, sometimes you really do face life things and it's not something you can turn around in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year. It takes years to work through shit. And yeah. part of being in a committed relationship is knowing that sometimes you are going to encounter real life things and it takes time to work through them because people cannot process stuff on the drop of a dime. It's not how it works. And Tom's inability to be patient with Ariana, who was clearly working on things, was really, really sad and disappointing to see because I'm sure that that happens more than we recognize. Partners not, and it's not to say that if you have mental health struggles or that you're dealing with that, that you get an all access, you know, pass to do whatever. But at the same time, there needs to be grace given in that like, if somebody's working on it, you have to give them the time that it takes to work on it. I'm also confused because According to the reunion, Ariana, or maybe maybe the finale and the reunion, but Ariana's like, yeah, then you go to couples counseling, which we could have. So she's saying they never went to couples counseling. I know Tom was at least in therapy because he references a, like a therapy session. Yeah. But in his podcast with Howie Mandel. That's so weird, right? He said that they were in couples counseling. So he's lying, lying. about I them being that in too. couples counseling. Or, yeah, I know. It's so bizarre, the lies that he tells. Um, slightly different. Did you catch Lala asking Ariana what, oh, excuse me, what she would have done if Tom had come to her and said that yes. he was having feelings for Raquel? And Ariana said, I would have told him that he either had to never see her again or that we were done. Yeah. And I think that is also really wild to me that I, I, to me, there are so many people out in this world that you could fall in love with, have feelings for, but once you've chosen somebody and you've made financial commitments, you're doing these things, it is also really important not to put yourself in situations where you can develop feelings for somebody else. Yeah. And man, it really sucks that Tom did that. <laughs> And it seems like that could have been really avoidable. Had, yeah, had they actually gone to counseling and gotten work because then your needs are being filled in a relationship rather than needing to seek that out romantically outside of that. And that is different than, you know, needing to go out or having other things that your partner doesn't necessarily have to fulfill. But I think when it comes to intimacy and all of those things, yeah, you work on that with your partner. Don't find yourself seeking that out in other people. Well, and like we were saying earlier before we recorded the podcast, affairs are so successful because there's no like stressful pressure in the nature of a relationship when you're having an affair with someone. Right. There's no it's financial a, ties. There's, there's no decisions that need to be made. It's escapism. Yep. You're also like so limited with like the time you can be intimate with that person. Yeah. And Ariana brought that up at the lunch break and the reunion was that like, it's all fun and games right now because Raquel can be the cool girl because she's got no responsibilities, but just wait till they're in a relationship yeah. and have shared bills. It's not so cute and anymore. And he's mad at you for fucking him with your t-shirt on. Oh, that comment. That was the real Tom Sandoval right there. 
Like when so, that came out of his mouth, you can tell he didn't think about it. It just came out. I, oh, like I was like, did he just say that? So context, Andy asks Tom if he had slept with anybody since he had slept with Raquel because they say on this reunion that they're taking a break. And Tom says no. And Ariana pipes up and she's like, ah, no, he slept with me after sleeping with Raquel. Me. He had sex with me. And Tom rolls his eyes and so sarcastically says, yeah, and you kept your T-shirt on the whole time. It was really hot. Oh, my gosh. Oh, like I honestly, my muscles clench just thinking of it. I want to rage scream in that man's face and then smash his head against a wall. Yeah. First off, I think a woman in just a t-shirt is really hot. I think a lot of people agree with me on that. You cannot also shame her. Yeah. No, and it's not, it, it was used to shame. And the fact that Tom is so quick to dismiss women for not fulfilling his, his needs. male needs. Oh my God. Is really telling. Tom is only ever worried about himself and his What's good for him? Just you're like lucky if you get fucked with a t-shirt on. Dude, you're lucky if you get fu- yeah, fucked at all. Like it's it's wild to me that he does this like weaponizing our yeah, weaponizing Ariana's mental health while prioritizing his own and being like she wasn't paying attention. Oh. And I like, think- oh, okay, so you both can be wrong then and you both need to come together on that, but according to Tom, it's worse that she did it to him than him doing it to her. Yep. And that's so fucked. And I think that's when Lala like was yelling at Raquel like, this is your future. This is how he's going to talk to you. Yeah. Again, <laughs> like, because Tom has shown no ability to change. He's, he, and, and that sucks for Raquel that like she, she's, she's in such a bad spot because the one person she does have is garbage. And she has linked herself to the wrong human. <laughs> yeah. I think even, I guess in, you know, best case scenario for them is that like they would end up together. But honestly, Tom does not care about anybody but Tom. Well, supposedly, I haven't listened to this yet, but Schwartz has gone on another podcast, sorry, gone on a podcast for the first time since the reunion wrapped. Because um, if you don't listen to a pop culture podcast, the cast was not allowed to be on podcast for a while until after the reunion. So now that the reunion has ended, Tom Schwartz went on a podcast and he told somebody that what he told Tom Sandoval was like, well, you better fucking marry her because like if you're putting everything up in flames for this relationship, like I I think Tom Schwartz knew, like even though he wasn't saying anything and that's really fucked too, but I think he saw the writing on the wall and was like, if you're going to throw everything away for this, it better be fucking worth it. Tom has not, Tom Sandoval though, has not thought that far ahead. No, of course not. He's entirely self-serving. He's not thinking about like other people or Raquel. He's just like performing in his fucking band and doing what he has to do to navigate all of this. It also cracks me up. Slight aside, I can't help but check in. I don't follow, so I don't want to give him the numbers, but I check in on Tom Sandoval and Tom and the extras. Or who Tom the and the most extras. extras. Thank you. Um, and the most extras posted a comment that they received on behalf of Tom Sandoval and like tried to make him the victim. And like, sure, should people be messaging anybody telling them they should die? No. But like also, Tom, we see you managing your band's Instagram account. Yeah. Like you don't even care about the damage that this is doing to your band who now unfortunately is inextricably tied to you. 
maybe don't bring your scandal to your band page if you're so worried about it. But he does because it's always about Tom. Yeah. And, you know, he's probably like bad press is press. A hundred percent. I also do wonder how much he is aware of it, though, and how much of it he really just thinks by having blinders on and he can ride this out. I don't know. I, it is confusing to me, like, the few times he's broken down, like, outside of the Lisa Vanderpump coaching him part. We like should when, get back to that. When he has shown emotion, I have a really hard time telling. Okay, I don't think Tom Sandoval is a good enough actor to be able to cry on cue. <laughs> so I do think he's feeling some level of intense emotion, but I, I'm wondering if it's more so about the stress he's feeling and what he's dealing with more than it is about the pain he's causing other people. I think we will never know, but I think you're absolutely right. Because his behavior has been so deplorable, it really does make it hard to tell what he's so upset about. Because I'm with you. To me, it reads... He realizes, I think, especially when Lisa's like, you're showing no emotion. He's like, I'm not a serial killer. Like, okay, okay, well, one, nobody's telling you that. But also, I think he's realizing that he's not going to get out of it as easily as he thought he was. And you're right. To me, when he breaks down like that, it seems more like it's coming from a place of he realizes how fucked he is versus how much pain he's putting Ariana through. Yeah. I uh, I do think when he first started crying at the beginning, ooh, that was a bad look. And I'm really glad that <laughs> the left side of the room called him out on it. It's also so weird that he was trying to say that he's so glad that everybody showed up for Ariana. That was bullshit. It was. like it, He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Back to Lisa coaching him. That was bizarre. I know. It was. I, I'm confused with what Lisa. I don't know. So one, it's weird that Lisa's coaching him and just being like, darling, you're not showing any emotion. Which is true. She sure. wasn't showing any emotion. But like, also it has to be noted, Lisa has so much internalized misogyny. Yeah. She goes to bat so hard for these dudes and they are trash. And she she hates Kristen Dowdy to this day. Is Kristen perfect? No. Does Kristen deserve the hate that Lisa gives her? No. Also no. Like, Lisa also then went way too hard on Raquel and like was a Tom apologist the entire time. And then when Raquel came out, she was just like, you're the worst. How could you? And it's like, how could Tom? She was Tom a, is a 42-year-old man. Not defending her, but she was a little, um, she was extremely surprised when she found out that Tom dressed up as Raquel for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it came from more of a place of like, Surprise and curiosity, like she was horrified, but the charade, the charade. Uh, I would call it a lot of other things than just the charade, like fucked up, uh, disgusting, <laughs> crazy. I mean, it just, yeah, diabolical, I, demented. I think Andy used the word diabolical. I'm like, that's exactly what it is. I also love that Tom had to defend himself against being dumb, and Ariana was finally like, I have never called you dumb until today because you're being dumb. It. Yeah, it was amazing. But it's really a bummer to see Lisa act on all of that to no, coach sure. Tom. And I, you know, if it were just this, I think we could let it go. But this really is a theme throughout the entire show. And for me, I thought it was interesting too. Ariana is like, I don't know what my relationship with Lisa is going to look like. Lisa was offended. Yeah. And I think an ethical mm -hmm. question that I kind of want to pose to you in this is, 
what does Lisa do? Because on the one hand, what Tom did was undefensible, disgusting, no doubt. But at the other side of that is she, he's an investor in TomTom. Like they are in business together. She does benefit from him being on a show, which she is a producer of. I don't know what Lisa, do you end all of your working relationships with somebody over a personal transgression like this? Or like, what, what does Lisa do here? And I'm not saying. Lisa in the show has always been self-serving and prioritizing her businesses. It's, yeah. Like this show is her business. These restaurants are her business. Like I truly believe personal relationships aside, her business is the most important to her. And she, she does have a history of defending men over women. And so it's not surprising to me that she went after Raquel more than Tom. But I also think that it is easier for her to protect Tom because she literally is in business with him. She has a restaurant and a bar called Tom Tom. And, <laughs> and so I do think there is a level of strategy and concern there on her part of like, she is connected to him in a way that is not black and white. Right. So she is, to me, what it reads is, is she's selling her soul and defending him or not going as hard so that she can keep making money. Yeah. And she does little moves where she's trying to play for the other team, like inviting Ariana to stay at Villa Rosa, you know, like having that scene with Ariana. I think she's trying to play both sides because she understands the fan base and she understands the situation. But I really don't think that Lisa is very emotionally involved. And I think it's all strategy to her. Yeah, that that's how it comes off to me too, which is disappointing. Yeah, of course. Because you do, I would love to see Lisa just be like, you know what, Sandoval, peace. Yeah. You've shown yourself to be awful for a very long time. I've had enough. Especially when she kind of paints herself to be this maternal figure in the show where like a lot of these people aren't employed by her anymore. And so the only real relationship they have with her is you know, kind of going to her for advice or support or I don't know, like that's what the relationships are based off at this point, unless you're James or Raquel who actually still work at Sir or you're Tom and Tom who are co-owners of a restaurant with her. And so it's interesting to kind of watch how those relationships dissolve with something like this, because I think it kind of shows us that it's really just about the business. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, she's way more like a a madam or a pimp at this point of like what she stands to gain from interacting with these people than like having any concern whatsoever about their well-being. Yeah. Ugh. That's, I don't know, that's really bothered me as I'm watching everything and then that really bothered me in the the reunion episodes. I just. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. I guess on that note, this is as good a time of any if it's okay to transition a little bit to talk about James. Yeah, let's do it. Dude, James, there is no way that James is not physically abusive. Kristen Dowdy talks about it in her book. And Raquel has a a nose job arc in season nine where James went in for a kiss aggressively and bumped her nose. And if James just was a dorky, uncoordinated dude, sure. But James, throughout all of season nine, is verbally and emotionally abusive to Raquel. He was 
abusive, both verbally, you know, and emotionally. And then also physically, we find out with Kristen, he's got a temper. He's drinking again. One of the things that Tom brought up, Tom Sandoval, that I feel like unfairly got glossed over too as a result of Scandoval is James going on some sort of job with the Toms and going just ape shit, I guess, like climbing the rafters. He assaulted one of the staff of this restaurant and the Toms ended up losing some deal. I'm not quite sure I understand what the deal was. But one of the staff of whatever restaurant this was had to sign an NDA basically saying she wouldn't come after James for slapping her ass. And that's deplorable behavior. And everybody just let that, you know, that got tucked under the rug. And I think Lisa's done a lot of defense. Like she took Raquel to her plastic, to a plastic surgeon, someone she knew. Lisa's had plastic surgery, right? Of course. Yeah. And it just feels like Lisa's also been really defensive of James in ways that she shouldn't have been. Yeah. And I think that's very evident. She has like a weird soft spot for him. And we've kind of, I think we talked about that last episode. We did. Yeah. But it's still just like, it goes too far for me. It extends, I feel like even beyond like family friend is just like, this is what Lisa does is defend these men who don't deserve any defense. And I'm really sad that James is getting away with so much and that he's drinking again after being sober for so long. and. Best of luck to Allie, who I guess thinks that she's not going to be on the receiving end of all of this. And I was like, well, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, I think Lisa is almost the same age as my parents. Not excusing anything, but I do think that there's like a huge generational thing with our parents' generation where boys will be boys. Yep. You know, like men can get excused for deplorable behavior, but women are always held to a higher standard. and. I think Lisa comes off extremely traditional. I think Lisa comes off like not wanting to get her hands dirty. I I don't know. Like it doesn't surprise me. And it it's hard to watch, especially in this case where she goes so much harder on Raquel than Tom when I think Tom has been kind of the mastermind of all of this. Obviously Raquel's a key player, but I Raquel's not smart enough to keep her story straight. No. Raquel <laughs> Raquel is obviously really blinded by Tom's glitz and glam yeah, and, and she's attention. also easily manipulated. Yeah. We haven't talked about this yet. I think part of the issue with Raquel, too, in all of this is she has no identity. She doesn't know who she is, and she's constantly looking to people to guide her in what to do. She has no values. She doesn't really know her moral standing. And I think that's how you get caught up in something like this and get bamboozled and why it's so important to know what your morals and values are so that you're not um, bamboozled by some dumb older guy who tries to to do this. And I also think that this is why the women you know, Katie and Lala specifically have such a hard time with Raquel because she has no identity outside of who she's in a relationship with. Or being in a pageant. Yeah. So she views other women as competition. She views men as, you know, the thing she wants. To validate her. Yeah. And that's such a bummer to see happening. And Well, yeah, I totally agree. And 
the girls trip was such an interesting thing because I I feel like that trip was important because you feel kind of bad for Raquel, but you also understand why Raquel's getting all the heat on that trip. Yep. It's kind of a weird juxtaposition where the girls were being mean girls and they were gossiping and being shitty when they didn't have to be. But Raquel was also making it hard to root for her. <laughs> right. And I think um, it was pretty obvious to me then that, you know, Raquel doesn't really have intentions of being these girls' friends. Like, no. she doesn't want to connect with them. She doesn't want to trust them. She doesn't want to create these connections. Even after Katie, it was a pretty big deal for Katie to invite her on this trip, despite Raquel admitting that she asked Schwartz to make out with her. And Katie's like, look, like, I want a clean slate. I just want to have a fun single summer. Like, I want to be with my girlfriends. And she included Kate. I'm um, sorry. She re- included Raquel in that. And Raquel didn't take advantage of that opportunity. In fact, she kind of spit on it and was like, never mind. Don't want to be your friend. Yeah. And all of this to say, you know, in the reunion when she talks about feeling more comfortable opening up and being heard and validated by Tom and less so by Ariana, I think all of that really confirms your and theory. And Ariana's that, like, that's, you sh- you violated Yeah, that's inappropriate. Don't do that. And I do think that that is really evident that Raquel, yeah, you're right. She doesn't want to be friends with any of the women. She does find more value in being told she's pretty and whatever by the guys. Like, it's it's a bummer to see. And you can kind of like, now that we've got this picture, you see how Raquel has wound up in this situation that she's in. And it's just like a serious, like, it's it's on her. She has not taken the time to grow as an adult and figure out who she is. She has just let external validation guide everything she does. And that will get you nowhere good. And I wouldn't say this about every woman on the show, but I'm sorry. You're telling me that you would feel more emotionally seen and heard by Tom Sandoval than Ariana? <laughs> Are you fucking telling me that right now? Because that is some bullshit. I'm sorry, but no, you wanted to be seen and heard by Tom Sandoval and you chose to feel that way. It wasn't Ariana not being a good friend to you. Yeah, don't don't play that card because Ariana actually is a really good friend. And I think of anybody she does of in this show, she has a really good head on her shoulders. She's not perfect. She gets it wrong, but I think she gets it right more She's often. She's probably than the not. most empathetic person on the cast. I agree with that. And the fact that Raquel had no awareness of that is just shocking. And coming from Jess and I, who are two massive empaths, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that, no. Tom Sandoval is a moron, you guys. Yeah, like, like straight was, up. Like, there's just no way that He Tom, was not holding space for Raquel. No, he was excited that he saw a vulnerable, young, attractive woman that he could take advantage of. And whether he, like, actively had those thoughts, I'm, I'm not saying that he's actively thinking those yeah. things, but he that is what guided him. He acted on that and he saw an opportunity to get his dick wet and, you know, easy button. Feel young again. Get his mojo back. Yeah, get that mojo. Ugh. Gross. It is really gross. I don't know. I find that just to be, I can't get past that. That really makes me sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of wanted to ask what your thoughts were about Ariana's, I don't want to say performance, but Ariana's reaction to all of this. Ooh, yeah. Women's anger. 
one of my favorite topics, um, something I have been accused of, you know, being angry in moments and does anger ever have a place or you, is there, is it warranted to be angry? And I, I think Ariana came really hard at Raquel and part of me recognizes that that's in part because that's the first time she's actually seen Raquel since it happened where she had an opportunity to just lose it on Tom. Well, they've been living for together three days. Still. Yeah. So, I mean, she's had ample opportunity, which as much as I, I think other people went too hard on Raquel. I'm not sure that Ariana did. I'm willing to give her a lot of grace in that situation of recognizing that she is experiencing all of these emotions. And I think any human would have a really hard time sitting face to face with somebody who was their one of their best friends who had just fucked their life partner. That would be so difficult. Could Ariana have been nicer? Absolutely. Uh, do I think she should have been? I mean, I think that's up to Ariana and she handled it how she wants to handle it. And she's honestly the one who's going to have to sleep with herself. Like she's the one who has to go to bed every night thinking, did I, was that the right thing to do? And if she sleeps well, I can sleep well. I agree with that. I think there's been a lot of people saying that she was too hard on Raquel. And I don't, I mean, to each their own, it, you, it was uncomfortable to watch. I felt, you know, like, ooh, that was mean. Ooh, that, ooh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> like I was cringing and kind of like watching between my fingers certain scenes. But I also put myself in Ariana's shoes and think about my really close friendships. And if someone that I basically consider emotional, like emotionally family to me, betrayed me in such a dark, crazy way, like how much that would turn my world upside down. And like, <laughs> I don't know. I do have friends that I'm that close to. And if you have to really think of it in that light, like, you know, Raquel was literally showing up to their Valentine's Day dinner and it wasn't that wasn't weird. She was just so integrated into that circle. And, you know, I think I for me, the betrayal is different and they are both extremely severe in different ways. Absolutely. Being betrayed by your partner is like one of the worst things that you can probably survive. But being betrayed by someone you trust as such like an intimate close friend, like that's such a huge emotional betrayal. Because you would rely on your best friend to get you through exactly. that. And the fact that they are the two people who did that to you leaves you in a really precarious spot in and terms not just, of not having support. And not just once, but they did it for months and months and months and months. And they continued being your people while they were doing that to you. Yeah. And so I... I think that her anger was extremely valid. Yep. I think that Raquel, Raquel didn't even text she was sorry to Ariana until two days after everything happened. And then it was like a really lame ass. I don't even know what to say. I'm so, so uh, sorry. There's a lot you can say, girl, like a lot. Just take a second and think about it. It honestly should have taken her 48 hours to write everything out. That should have been a novel to Ariana. <laughs> and maybe this is a good segue to talk about the lack of emotional response from Raquel. Yeah, I have been thinking so much about that, especially with the juxtaposition of how angry Ariana is. Raquel not showing a lot of emotion is just wild to me. In part, I think, and you can probably relate to this, I am incapable of not having emotions to things. Oh, yeah. I will cry <laughs> at the drop of a hat, like a little stress, and I am sobbing, you know? And so, 
for me, it's it's shocking that Raquel can go into such a high stakes place and not have emotion. On the flip side, one thing I have been thinking about is in a way, it is a good move because you also do not want to come in there trying to garner sympathy for yourself. And I do think her showing some stoicism and just taking it on the chin. That's true. Maybe might have actually, and I just, to be fair, I just came to this conclusion after thinking about it this but, whole time. But how do you, what about the trailer? I think it's probably, I mean, she's probably medicated, right? Like, <laughs> dude, there's no way you did not get a prescription for Xanax to deal with this. But I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. What are your take? I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm more, mostly no, no, no. Just, like, I love that we're speculating. Questions. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know the answer. Because we have seen Raquel get emotional. We have seen her like cry about being too old for pageants. And we have seen her have the panic attack in the car. Was that also about pageants? I don't remember. No, that, I, that was kind of just about everything. Okay. Being overwhelmed emotionally. Um, so, so this season, we've seen Raquel be more emotional than we have in, past seasons and so but while then, yeah she has been pegged as kind of like the doe-eyed bambi like space case i i just don't get it i i don't get it i i do understand the strategic move of being stoic and just kind of like taking it i actually have more respect for that than crying and making it about you but it's so much yeah so blank no no emotional responses. It's like maybe a little like furrowed brow every once in a while. She or, did choke up at point. She had to take a breath in the, the reunion where she was she talking. Had to get, oh, that's true. Her voice was shaking. I think that's because she was so goddamn scared though. I mean, that's an emotion. <laughs> I think too, the timing of all of this, my guess is if I if I had to put money on this, I would say there is a level at which she's trying not to overdo it. And I also think that she really does think that this is going to get glossed over the way that every cheating scandal up to this point has. And I don't know if she's even fully, even as she's going through this reunion, has recognized like how bad this actually is. And so for me, my guess is, is that she's going to, she's processing this off camera as she really like comes to terms with how bad it really is. I think there might've been a really, cause denial is a powerful thing. I think that there's a level in which she just was not really fully grasping how bad things are. And I think Xanax has a thing to do with it. But again, you're, I, I don't know any better than you. I don't know. I it is it is it, could it is be. bizarre though. You are not wrong because either she's the best actor in the world to hold it together. I don't know. There's just it's 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 bizarre. So when you are kind of like under attack or threatened, your responses are fight, flight, or fawning. And so she could be like fawning to an extreme degree where she's just like she's like kind of frozen and like that is the way she that is her defense mechanism. She's physically like that is what her body is how her body is choosing to respond to everything that's being thrown at Absolutely. her. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, so I did consider that because that tends to be um the way I respond to things sometimes. But this is just such an extreme case. I I just have a hard time believing that she walked into the re that reunion not knowing what was about to happen. 
And when she says like expecting the worst, hoping for the best, it should have been expecting the worst, planning on the worst, gonna be the worst, period. <laughs> like hoping for the best. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Um. Who knows? I, I'm the stuff that she was saying in her one on ones with Andy. It just makes me feel like she still doesn't get it. Like when she's saying, you know, like the thruple thing. Like, oh, I thought that maybe we could just like all date. Okay, but here's uh, just a little bit of a timeline thing. The thruple thing came up at the end of the the third episode. That was her at the very end where she's in that blue dress. The interview with Andy, she's got a blazer on. And I think that that was the, the interviews with Andy were before the reunion. And then there was the one after the reunion of her being in a blue dress. And so I do think that when she sat down with Andy, she was not aware of what she was going into as much. And I think the thing after she was a lot more aware, which she was a lot more emotional in that last five minutes than she was during the thing. I'm sorry, but like when she when she had those lines about being like, well, we just kind of felt like she didn't want to know. That is. Because if she wanted to know, she would have noticed like the signs or she would have seen the red flags. That's what I'm talking about. Denial is a really strong thing. And I do think denial, denial, denial is really like what she is experiencing. And I, and I'm sure Tom Sandoval is feeding into that. You know, he is. Well, he did. He's like, she could have followed me to Tom Schwartz's house to make sure that that's where I'm actually going. That is not how relationships work. And the fact that, like, I'm sure he told Raquel that, too, that they just were able to justify it. And Tom, being the one who knows Ariana, I'm sure that Raquel was just like, okay, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That makes sense. Yeah, I buy that. Because she doesn't think. Yeah, she doesn't think. And I do think it's problematic that she is so willing to just allow Tom to have all the power in this situation while she's continuing to have relationships with other people in the group and not like that to me is almost really it's two faced to like the nth degree that she was just going through the motions of having these relationships while all the while like her all of her allegiance and like any emotions or anything human about her was only caring about Tom Sandoval. Absolutely. It's she really I don't know. I don't want to say she gave up agency, but like she did. And I hope for Raquel's sake, a path forward. If she's, I I mean, one, I hope she's not going to be on the show in season 11. Um, I really do hope though that she gets help and starts to figure out who she is and can develop a backbone to guide her through this so that she can start taking accountability and not have it all be through the eyes and feelings of someone else um, and her inability right now to do that. Like I see no path forward until she gets a lot of help in figuring out the ways that she really did screw everybody over um, by buying into Tom Sandoval. Don't let people make big decisions for you. <laughs> well, on that note, do we want to speculate how the show even moves forward from here and what yeah. season 11 will look like? Yeah, it's my understanding that they are going to have a season 11. Well, they have. <laughs> I mean, at this point, the whole world is watching. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they should capitalize on that. And to that end, it does make sense. 
that you would want Tom and Raquel to come back because that's really good for your ratings. But like, then, even if they're not together, yeah, I one of my fears predictions is that Tom is going to be forgiven. I I will be so curious forgiven by the group, the group. by the fan base. Oh, the fan base is forgiven him. They're going to his shows. They're eating it up. I think Tom will be integrated back into things at some point because every person has been. I worry that Raquel, it will take longer for them to re, like, bring Raquel back into the fold. If they do, they may never. But my prediction, I my actually, fear is that Tom is going to get forgiven. I actually, I... I predict the opposite. Good. I hope I'm wrong. I well, really, really hope that you are absolutely right. That is my hope, but I have not seen it happen through the other 10 that's seasons. Fair, that's so. fair. Um, the only reason I say that is Lala was on Watch What Happens Live after the third reunion, and Andy was asking her about her feelings towards Raquel after hearing what Raquel said at the end in her like last yeah. famous five minutes, which we'll talk about after this. Um and Lala said that she was confused. She didn't know how to feel. And she said it definitely gives her more insight into, like, the dynamic between yeah. her and oh Tom. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, I, I mean, Lala didn't say, like, that she forgave Raquel or anything, but she says that it potentially does make her feel differently towards Raquel. And so I think if that can come from Lala, who has been through as much as she has, and if people can start understanding the dynamic better and if Raquel, I hope Raquel will fucking come out and just be honest. Because if she can be the person that like sets the story straight and owns her shit, I do think that there's room for the group to maybe hopefully just see her and understand her and eventually forgive her. I really hope you're right. And I props to Lala for recognizing that. Um, man, yeah, I hope that's true. Because I do think it, that last five minutes was so telling in the way that Raquel presented everything. And I think it's worth recognizing the position she's in versus the position Tom's in. I, I do think as the show moves forward, I would really like to see that. I think this group growing collectively and understanding power dynamics and, you know, how, you know, their own internalized misogyny, the passes that Tom has gotten for so long and for that to change finally would be really epic. And I think that that would be a great way for the show to move forward. I do think there's room for Tom to move forward too, if he could ever move past his own bullshit, but I don't see Tom doing that. Yeah. So far we haven't seen any signs of that happening, especially for how old he is. And I would like to point out that, you know, Raquel's 28 and while that's not young, I think even the difference between me at 28 and me at 35 is quite a bit different. So, you know, she's got, she can. I mean, she really shouldn't just, she should just not come back to the show. No, I, she shouldn't. <laughs> I, I will be honest. I will be surprised if she does not. But I think it would be healthier for her if she just didn't. <laughs> Raquel needs to disappear. She needs to go move to the Midwest somebody somewhere where nobody knows her and she can just have a normal life and live out her days because that would be better for her mental health. Like I have no doubt she is 
I'm going to say the word traumatized because it does. I cannot imagine what it feels like to have the world or it feels like the world is coming at you for a decision you made. That's a lot. I think everyone's traumatized. Like, yeah, I think Ariana's obviously traumatized. Raquel's traumatized. Sheena. Sheena's traumatized. Tom, even though he probably has no awareness, is also probably traumatized. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, realistically, Raquel should fade away, but she's she's probably coming back because money, money, money. Oh, yeah. I so I do if the cast refuses to film with them and Tom and Raquel aren't together, I don't know if it makes sense for Raquel to be on the show because obviously Tom is so connected to Tom Tom, Schwartz and Sandys. Like Tom is so integrated into the show that it's almost impossible for him not to be on the show. Did you hear though that Tom Schwartz is backing away from his friendship with Tom Sandoval. To what degree? He's saying right now he's taking, a, at least at this point, like an indefinite break. Like he recognizes that he should not be I need to connected. listen to that podcast. I want to know more about that. Yeah. So it was also an article in like Us Weekly. I don't know. But anyway, I briefly saw that Tom is recognizing that he needs to divest from his relationship with Sandoval a little bit. Good. Step one. Check. Yeah. So even then, like, it does beg the question of, like, what is going to happen? Because if Tom Schwartz is like, yeah, I can't be seen with Tom Sandoval, Tom doesn't have anybody either then. Who? Lisa? So he's just going to have these really sad, lonely scenes. Well, I think we'll still get some overlap with Tom Schwartz and Katie because they shared the dogs and that will always be like an interaction. Um, Tom Schwartz, yes. But I'm saying Tom Sandoval. Like, I don't know who. Oh, sorry. Tom, no, no, no. You're totally fine. Tom, Tom and Tom is so stupid. Like, it is confusing. Schwartz and Sandoval. We can do this. You know, Sandoval, if he doesn't interact with Tom Schwartz, who does he have? So, like, I also wonder if the reason that they're delaying filming is because they just don't know the angle to film. I guess, like, do they film Tom Sandoval at, like, Tom Tom and Schwartz and Sandy's? And it's just more of, like, him interacting. Like, do they make new minor characters at the restaurants he's at? Oh, that's actually probably exactly what they should do is move his pump closed. So they'll they will close in July so presumably before if they haven't started filming it'll be too close to it happening so maybe they'll move the staff over to Tom Tom or Schwartz and Sandy's and like have the arc start there maybe um something else that was interesting was Andy asked Lala at watch what happens live if he's heard from like Tom Raquel or Tom Schwartz since the filming of the reunion and she said that Tom Schwartz had reached out to her about um, her father's fifth year, like the fifth year anniversary of his passing yeah. and that she really appreciated that. So I, I, I don't know. I'm getting like little Easter eggs of like, okay, so Lala's like willing to maybe maintain some sort of relationship with Schwartz. And I don't know. I'm just kind of figuring out the dynamics. It does seem like right now the left side of the reunion cast, Lala, James, Katie, and then obviously Sheena, like they are going to like band together because, oh yeah, there's, it's easier to be friends when you have a con- common enemy. Yep. An enemy of my enemy is my friend. So like, is the season about them hating Sandoval? <laughs> uh, I could get behind that. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> I Yeah. It, it'll be so interesting. I mean, the bummer time is, is we probably won't find out till what, like January? Man. We have so long. <laughs> uh. 
I need to stop wishing my life away, but also I'm really excited for uh, January or whenever we'll get it. Yeah, it'll be, time will tell. It does seem like they are recording, or that not recording, but they are going to be filming. So it is happening. There's speculation it's too. Happening. It's all happening. Thank you, Sheena. <laughs> uh, it, uh, Ariana, there's been speculation that she just might move to New York and just not be on the show anymore. Honestly, she should do that maybe. Yeah, if she's made bank from this, the only thing that worries me is I just don't know what's going to happen with the home equity loan that Tom took out only on his side of the house, which she doesn't seem to understand. Like, Well, I'm sure she understands that now. Well, maybe if Lisa's so invested in uh, being partners with Tom, uh, she can buy Ariana out and just let Ariana go and then have Tom on the hook for that money. You know, if I don't think that would ever happen, but if Lisa could do something like that for Ariana, that would be a redeeming move for Lisa. That would to to get her out of a financial situation that I think otherwise is going to be incredibly sticky and difficult for her to get out of. Yeah. So, okay, the last thing I want to talk about is the, you know, air quotes reveal. Right. That reveal, the one thing that really stuck out to me as icky, and I I don't know exactly what I make of it, is Raquel talking about Tom as he doesn't want me saying this. He said we needed to keep our storylines together. He this, he that. There was not. He's the only person I have. And using he rather than Tom's name is really bizarre to me it struck me as just like there's a lack of intimacy there or there's a lack of like closeness it felt more like he was controlling things and she knew she was going against what Tom wanted and I hated that it made which is why I appreciate Lala stepping back and being like I don't know how that makes me feel because I think that that is a very honest and raw reaction to what we all saw that was really vile and her body language and the even just the way that she was communicating this information was so different from anything that we've seen thus far. It it definitely I wasn't surprised at what was said, but I was surprised at the way it was said. Me too. She was so deeply uncomfortable. And it again, to her point that she makes, it's not like it matters because everything's out there. And I think that between the lines was it matters because it matters to Tom. Yeah. And whether it's because she doesn't want to cut the one tie she has, or, I mean, it really does feel like Tom is being incredibly controlling in the narrative, and she knows she's going to catch a lot of backlash from that. Yeah. I do, I struggle with whenever she shows signs of remorse or being emotional about what's happened, it's only around the theme of, I don't like lying or I don't like deceiving people or my characters in question. And I struggle with the fact that it's never necessarily around like the accountable side, like what I have done and how it's impacting other people. Right. When she sat down, when Tom and her stepped off the stage, when she was done, she says, I don't like seeing the hurt that I've caused. I don't want to be this person. And instead, yeah, now the framing of it is I don't, want to be a bad person because it's bad for me. Yeah, like I hate lying. I hate deceiving. Like this is really hard. And yeah, I'm sure. I can't imagine how 
like keeping all of that inside and keeping your story straight and the pressure from Tom, like I, I'm sure that's a really toxic situation, but also it's always back to her and how she's feeling. And I, I don't want to pretend like she isn't struggling or suffering or having a hard time, but it's hard to be empathetic when you have made these choices. You have gone along with it. Yeah. The, like Ariana you said, are a player in the game. Happened. Yeah. You chose. You did this. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I also don't know how I feel about it in a way. Like I understand people's reaction of like it being hard to have a lot of sympathy for her and understanding that. And I also find it really shocking and jarring how she's talking about it. And also weird. She's saying things that she knows is an outright lie. Like they ask her. The St. Louis thing. They ask her point blank. Have you, did you go to St. Louis with Tom? No. Have you ever been to St. Louis? Scene. It's a photo of her and Tom in St. Louis on December 29th, 2022. And then she says no. And the producer's like, I don't know why you're saying that. I see something different on your face. What is going on? And she, yeah, I know. And it's so bizarre to me. Like, I don't know what what is happening. Why are you still lying? What At this point, it's not even benefiting you and Tom and your story. It's making you look terrible. There's well, like, what are we even doing at this point? That's where I wonder if she is not. I have a strategy every time I play games with Saul because he's so good at it that I just want to be an agent of chaos. Like, I don't care if I win, lose, whatever. The whole thing can burn. Just do whatever feels good to me in the moment. And honestly, looking at this, sometimes it feels as though she is also just being an agent of chaos. She's like, what happens? I sprinkle a little bit of this, a little bit of And then wham, like whatever happens, happens. Surprise. Like it's bizarre to me because I don't even know. (laughs) What if Raquel was actually super fucking intelligent and she has been the mastermind behind this entire thing and manipulating Tom? (laughs) I know that's not true, but- (laughs) <laughs> oh, that would be scary. That would be so scary. Um, kind of amazing. Um, the most is scary. Yeah. But yeah, no, we can't even give her enough credit for that. So like, that's the thing too, is like, I don't even know, honestly, if she's got a game plan because it's just bizarre to watch happen. Like I can't, given what I mean, she's told us, it makes no sense to me what she could possibly be doing. My interpretation of that scene was she is starting to see everything unravel. She realizes she has no one in her corner but Tom. Things are starting to fall apart with Tom. She is grasping for anything that will help her in this situation. She's like, fuck, do I tell the truth? So at least I have that going for me. But then, fuck, like Tom's going to be really mad. And so you can kind of see in that scene the torment of like, did we go to St. Louis? Yeah, we did. But like, I'm not supposed to say that. Oh, God. But he like is showing me the photo. (laughs) Like, Ah, yeah, the panic, which again, I just want to point out, this is why it's so important to know your moral compass and to know your values so that like in these moments, you can do the thing that allows you to sleep at night and she's not doing it. And granted, that was six days after the reunion. That's still sometime in March, maybe early April. Hopefully there's there's claims that she's seeking help for her mental health that she's in like a trauma recovery center. I hope that's true. I do too. I really hope that's true. There's 
people are shitty and making jokes about it. So who really knows? I'm not going to pander to that because I do feel like that's not something I want to joke about. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and that she is getting the help that hopefully she, she is getting help that she needs. That's if that's what she says she's doing, that's what she's doing. Um, it probably is really swanky. Rich people are lucky, you know, but still, yeah, it, it's weird. I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of internal grappling going on and that's why it reads so batshit because she doesn't even know what she's doing because she's not really sure what to do anymore. The unfortunate thing is even though all of this is heinous and crazy and diabolical and subhuman and selfish and, you know, let me count the ways. Even though this situation is all of that, if Tom and Raquel had just come into the reunion or from the finale when when things were found out, like from the get-go, we have been having this affair since this date. We have been sleeping with each other consistently. We have been doing all of this behind your backs. You know, if they had just, they didn't even have to allude to how often and when they were having sex, but that like, like we, this affair has been very emotionally involved since this time and just taken their beating, said they were sorry, pursued a relationship if that's what they wanted to yep. do. It would have been so much easier to just be like, wow, fuck, that was crazy, but okay. <laughs> right. And so I guess it has to be said too, part of me feels as though they know that this will be good viewership and they're doing the most extra for it to be You don't think that Tom ratings. is like trying to do something to maintain any sort of like image or integrity or brand? It is so hard to tell with him. It really, really is. And I know like, uh, yeah, it's hilarious, but also like I'm, it, I don't know, man. Neither do I. I'm just like. No, I love it. We're, we're really just spitballing here. None of this is. I, I don't know. I truly, part of me thinks you're right. A normal human would be trying to do some, some reconnaissance. Rec, nope. I don't know. Rec, I don't know what the word that I was trying to say is. Reconnaissance. But like he doesn't seem to be doing that with like not having his team give him printouts of what's been said already. Like it's wild to me. So I just have no idea what Tom and Raquel are actually hoping like to have happen here. Every step has been in the wrong direction. Like in the finale when Tom was just mad at Ariana instead of being like remorseful and apologetic. And right. I Raquel think saying she's sorry via text two days later, like nothing they are doing is like what they should be doing. I just don't get it. It's like so dumb. But maybe that's it exactly. I think sometimes there are just people in this world who are not as intelligent as other people. And maybe we are seeing the confluence of two wow. dumb people dumb. come together. And, you know, there is no real good plot plan. There's no mastermind because they're both poo-poo heads. Yeah. Like there's. <laughs> There's there's not a lot going on upstairs. It could be incredibly superficial, vain, and we're really overthinking it and giving them too much credit for their being outside of like just the immediacy of things. Who they probably aren't actually okay. trying to get through I any think of this. You're right. I guess my like my point with the TV thing is this was going to be brilliant television either way. It's so true. I'm just saying yeah. it could have come out the other side a little bit easier if they had taken different steps. 
So I just like, I'm, I don't get it. And I think you're right. I think they might just be super dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, that could very, that maybe is it. Sometimes Occam, Occam oh, I cannot talk today. Speaking of dumb, Occam's razor, the simplest solution is probably the right one. And like, honestly, the simplest thing is, is they're both just not very smart. So. Ooh, dum, 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 dum. Well, I, hey, I really enjoyed this free flow with you. Me too. This was awesome. If anyone ever wants to hot tub and talk about reality television like this. Hit us up. <laughs> this is our favorite thing to do. Like we go deep. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, we'll probably still be talking about this. Like, yeah. so, um, other good news, the bachelor starts or Bachelorette, uh, June 26th. Charity. So I, next week we're going to do Charity's Men. Yes. The bios. And uh, we'll go from there. Maybe Jess and I will figure out a way to kind of like gamify it a little bit. Okay. I don't know. I kind of want to do, because last time we picked top five. Yep. And I liked that. But mm-hmm. I want to almost like take that one step further. I just don't know how yet. Yeah, we should talk. Okay. Let's figure that out. And um Thanks for hanging out with us. This was a long one, maybe a little more chaotic, though I feel like we kept things moving. Dude, this was real. I loved it. Yeah, same. This was, this was a good one. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Oh, Bachelor sorry. Stuff. Last note. Oh, yeah. If you have any friends that watch The Bachelor, it would mean so much to us if you would recommend our podcast to them. Um, yeah, like anyone that you know that likes reality television that doesn't watch The Bachelor, you could maybe suggest that you enjoy following our podcast with this season. Or if you have Bachelor fans that don't know Jess and I, please share our content. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. We really do try to take our time. We're thoughtful about things. We we enjoy this. You know, if we could just make like, I don't know, $15 a month so that our, our hosting platform is paid for, that would be great. Just, you know, yeah, we, we want to keep doing this. We're having so much fun. We think the people who are listening are enjoying it. Um, yeah. You know, if you're not and you're hesitant to share a podcast with somebody, we honestly make up a fake email and tell us why or engage us. We want to know. Like, we just, yeah, we're loving it. We need the help getting the word out there. And we're so grateful. Yeah, we're so grateful for you guys. Thanks for hanging with us during these spring break episodes. And we're excited to get into charity season. Hell yeah. All okay. right. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP, Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who's listening, posting, and emailing us. We love it. Keep talking. Bye.